bullshit, it's all just dumb gay politics. America's gotten kinda whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A N A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Everybody. Welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about politics like we're talking about reality TV. Yep. <laughs> we're, I mean, still, we're still on our oh Mediterranean my cruise. We are. So we went from Rome to Capri to Crete to Mykonos to Santorini. And now we have, on the wing today we went to Malta. Right. Which and was now, cool. Now we have two more stops. Santorini, um, I which I coined, I realized last night, had the death bubbles. What are the death bubbles? The things you ride up the hill with. Oh, that's right. Well, we don't even care about our two more stops, do we? <laughs> I don't even know what they are. <laughs> no, well. <laughs> so. I think. One Sardinia. And Sicily. Oh. Where we've been, haven't we been to Sicily? Wasn't that the one place yes. with the four corners yeah. and the thing? So, we'll see. Maybe we'll get off and take a walk. <laughs> Maybe I mean, we'll get off to have sardines. I'm not sure. But we could. You never know. We might need a I walk. I have sardines. You would? Yeah. Well, isn't aren't sardines I like from sardines. Sardinia? <laughs> well, I mean, there's a super beautiful beaches there, so I think we're going to try. But Do you like large sardines? Like if they were and, flat no, on the plate? Or you like so. sardines where you unroll the can? I like sardines in a can from the grocery store, mm. from Gelson's. <laughs> oh. Well, I, I, I God, I mean, <laughs> when, how will you well, eat them? Well, you can eat them with... Um, you eat them with hot sauce. You can eat them with peanut butter. See, you eat them on crackers. You eat sardines are really, really, really good for you, like the best. So, what would you do with peanut butter? Like, put it in a sandwich? You go. You, no, fuck no. You can't put it with bread. You put it on a cracker. You can put it with peanut butter and hot sauce. You can put it with mustard and peanut butter. There's different combinations that sound gross, but when you have it, it's not so fishy. Mm. And that there's something with the peanut butter and like a hot sauce, like a sriracha. Or a more vinegary hot sauce that's good. And it's like sardines are like really, really good for you. Well, I had no idea. I knew you liked sardines, but I didn't <laughs> oh, know did. that you well, ate them with peanut butter yeah. and whatever. I'm not sure how I feel about sardines. Well, um, we are unenthusiastic travelers at best. <laughs> and now yes. I think at the end of cruises, we're like, like downright hostile about... Mm-hmm. leaving the boat we're like mad that we have to go have fun right like how dare you have a stop yeah well, i don't want to get off the boat yeah, we get off the boat and, and don't we... make me get on another boat to go to the thing because yeah. i've already just been on a boat yeah so, but we but we've gotten used to doing it anyway yeah you have to like it's a job well you do have to because if you don't then you stay on the boat the whole time and then you realize you never got off the boat <laughs> and then you're crazy and you're like i just went on a cruise to <laughs> xyz and i never actually saw xyz never even at all not one of them so we're trying to be better about seeing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And I have to say, on I think this cruise has might be the most productive of all of them, which is ironic. 
Since we've been in our feelings? We, uh, yeah. Um, but this is like our hundredth yeah. cruise, so now we know. And Malta's fucking cool. Yeah, it was cool. Malta was cool. It's like a 5,000-year-old city, which is exciting. And we went to, and of course, you're like, this is older than Israel. Well, it's like, well, it's like Israel, like that old, because I mean, a place that's thousands of years old is, you know, plus this place is all one color that we think might used to be white. I mean, it's, an, I think it's it definitely a, used to be white. It's an island. It's an archipelago kind of like off the coast of Italy and Greece. Yep. Um, it's not Greece or Italy. No, it's its own country. It's Maltese. However, <laughs> we did learn that the people of Malta uh, are uh, descendants, or, mo- or or come from mainly Sicily. Okay, so they're so they're very kind of very Italian. Italian. Okay. However, they are also their own country. And I don't do think they would say they're Gre- Italian. They feel Greek to me because I always thought I thought Malta was part of Greece always. Yeah, I mean, I definitely look out the window and see more of Greece than Italy because Greece rem- would remind me more of the Middle East. So yeah. it's definitely more Middle Eastern than it is Italian. But this is why you travel. Because I thought that's Malta true. was Greece. And you're like, true. Malta's Malta. That's and I was like, true. oh, okay. Well, let's that's get off. True. That's true. Um, that's true. And I've never for one second ever thought in my mind, you know where I want to go? Malta. You didn't? Never. I definitely did. Ever. When we were in Greece before, last two summers ago, I was kind of bummed we didn't that there wasn't a Malta stop. Because oh. other people go to Malta, and I thought it was Greece. Oh. So, and I was like, hmm, well, we didn't go to Malta. but I, I would definitely want to come back here. Yeah, I'll tell you no, that. this is. I think this is a destination. People get married here. It's like a thing. Oh, uh, okay. But okay, um, we went to a restaurant though, like a cool <laughs> restaurant. Right? I mean, um, on the water. That okay. We want to give a shout out to Jade. Yes, uh, our Patreon member named Jade. Uh-huh. Tell the girls and birds about the Patreon name. So as you know or don't <laughs> know, um, Patreon is a place that you can go for extra dumb gay politics banter and discussions and talking where we don't actually talk about politics we talk about everything else but politics we talk shit we talk about life we talk about trips we talk about but we don't talk about the patreon that's the one thing we don't talk about (laughs) thank god on this podcast we want you to know about the patreon because the patreon is the reason that this podcast exists because the patreon you pay for (laughs) that's why it's called pay Patreon. That's right. So it's the Patreon, and it's a cheap. It's cheap. It's cheap, pay. and it's only it really. If you wanted the 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 least you can spend is a dollar an episode, and it's the best dollar you'll never ever spend. And it's an hour long, so one of our Patreon um friends, Jade. Yes, she sent us a message on Patreon and said that she would give us her New York Times, her digital t- New York Times. Password. Yes, because as we know, you can only read four articles yeah. a week or something. On the Washington Post, Times, all of them. Which is all bullshit because there's a million free websites you can go to. Well, to we end up it. reading everything for this podcast ends up being oh from my Vox. That's yeah, it. Vox, Salon, <laughs> Slate, Politico, right. NPR. That's it. Um, I'm doing now The Roots. Uh, I mean, CNN. But we need Ugh. fucking the post but we don't have it but jade offered us new york times so we're here she offered it like a month ago or something she's like oh girl if you guys need i'll give you my password Uh don't make fun of my fucking bookmarks Uh so i was like oh my god Uh this like girl is gonna give us her password and then we never dealt with it because it was at the beginning of the month we had our articles Mm -hmm. 
Then we're here. There was an article in New York Times called 36 Hours in Malta, What You Mm -hmm. Need to Do. It fucking denied me. I said, nope, nope, nope. Let me get fucking Jade on the horn. Mm -hmm. Bitch had us the password within an hour. Oh, she was right on it. And we were on the shit. She changed the password to DGP. A DGP password. So that's cool. You know, just when I think... We're going to stop doing the Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) Just when you think you're going to end up quitting this. That same thing someone happens. comes and you think, I can't, yeah. we can't, we have to keep doing Jade, it. Jade, I mean, you really, you saved us. We were like, fuck this noise. Yeah. Let's quit the podcast. Jade, and then that's Jade, right. Jade said, I'll give you my New York Times. And we were on that. Like, we were like New York socialite, literati, glitterati. Oh, yeah. I wish I could have printed it out and brought it with me and folded it up mm-hmm. like one does when oh, they yeah, are in New York mm-hmm. or the New York Times. But thank you, Jade. And thank you, New York Times, because we... Um, every story we're telling here now today, every, we're, we're all, we're all New York Times all day. Fuck Washington Post. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Washington Post. That's right. Now, since we've been on this cruise, yes. and we have four channels in the room. Right. Um, and one of them is MSNBC and one of them is Fox. So. But we're nine hours ahead. Nine hours so ahead. So we're, we're MSNBC and Fox in the middle of the night, I think. Yes. You know what I mean? Which is the next day. <laughs> Right? Wait. We're in the middle of the night yeah, regardless. Yeah. Right. And back in right. the States. Now, I still scroll through the TV as if there's more channels. However, there's four. So. There's no Castle for you. Ugh. There's no Kardashians like that one no. cruise we had all E. No E. There's not bummer. even any, Just like, even a TNT. True TV. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. Just <laughs> no, like, nothing. That's, usually that's the thing there's you have. There's nothing with TV. Nothing. Usually you'd have an E or even, yeah, TNT. That's where I watch Castle is on TNT. Of course. So even a USA, we'd go or USA, it. maybe it's USA. I don't know exactly. Weird... Burn notice. Yeah, burn. I knew it was gonna be burn notice. I knew you were gonna say that. Fucking Shern, fucking glass, <laughs> just whatever. So uh, we did. So two nights ago, perusing the news, John McCain dies while we're on the cruise. Big, well, we're big like things this. always happen on the cruise. We're feelings, feelings, feelings. Self centered, self centered, self centered. John McCain dies. Now right. we go like this. Let's talk about us. For an hour. <laughs> Let's take a break and dip into John McCain being dead. Uh-huh. Now we go, us, John McCain. <laughs> us, right. John McCain. Right. Us, John McCain. Uh-huh. John McCain gets played out. We're sick of John McCain. We go back to us. He's a hero. He's a POW. <laughs> right. Now. Vietnam. Megan McCain. Cindy McCain. Married for 38 years. Yeah, you're love bored because you can't watch The View. You go, fucking, I can't Oh, my God. I cannot. Now I need to watch. I'm going to get like, into The View And I'm like, she's not even so there at The View. She'll be in it next week and I'll be <laughs> in it You'll so hard. So hard. So he dies. Then we realize that um, we're going back and forth. Feelings. Blah, blah, blah. So now I'm deciding. Let's see what Fox News is saying about John McCain because you'd think Fox News would be well because MSNBC, the John McCain MSNBC channel. MSNBC is only only to the point where we're now bored of John McCain being dead. Yeah, because the only other thing was Trump's NATO thing with Mexico, which or even was like a that fake sh- thing that shooting. Oh right, the Jacksonville or the the game, the, yeah, guy, the gamer shooting or whatever. Right. The guy got mad and shot people at the video game thing. But yeah, I mean, basically, MSNBC literally was the John McCain channel, like straight up. So I thought, there's only so much we can take. Quite frankly. well, there's only so much you can say. <laughs> I mean, we we got it, we got it, and the people had to come on. He was, you know, and I we we know we know we felt it. 
We felt it. Listen, we felt it. And go watch the John McCain documentary on HBO. It's really, really good. And we already covered that. For yeah. You for so there's That's that. right. And I did. And I honored him. I already honored and him. And I thought he was dead, quite frankly, from that. Well, he was inside. <laughs> I was like, he was oh, inside. he didn't die already? Oh. He's, I think he's, I think he had died. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, he, I thought the documentary was, but whatever. It was my bad. Right. No, no, no. But he, he was so, it's been a, a slow road for him and good for him because he got to have all his final says and yeah. that's probably, you know, good for him. And he, as we know, we did honor him. We liked him fine. Whatever. Now, I thought Fox News would be even going even further because they're conservative and Republican. Republican. Yeah. John McCain. Right. He was prior to Trump, let's say back in 2003, when O'Reilly was at his rapist height. Mm-hmm. John McCain was probably the poster boy for Fox News, quite frankly. You yeah. Know? Well, he's the maverick, the rebel. He's not part of the swamp. All the bullshit. Concerned about defense money. Yeah, loves war, defense. All right. Only international. Right. Whatever. And he had some really good, I mean, he does have some good quotes about war since he was a POW. However. He, mom, he reminds me of dad. I just want you to know, mom. I think I've of said your that. dad. I think I've said that Like physically. Times. Yeah. Something about the way he looks and talks yeah. reminds me of my mm-hmm. dad. Because he looks like your dad. Yeah, and he looks That's why. like him when he was handsome and young, too. Yeah, no, yeah, because he looks like your dad. And he's probably an asshole like him, too. <laughs> With all due. It's fine. It's fine, Mom. You know, you know. Fox, when we went to, I went, I needed to see what Fox was doing, because I thought they were going to be, like, all over that shit. I want you to know that Fox, because of the fact that John McCain was actually against Trump, we realized that Fox is, in fact, not covering John McCain at all. And it because, wait, John McCain said he didn't want Trump to come to his funeral. Oh, John something. McCain, A, Trump isn't invited to his funeral. Straight up. You are not. Like, a, a card came to Trump's <laughs> personal address and said, hey, hi. You're disinvited? You are not invited <laughs> to my funeral. What do I want to be like, remembered by? By not inviting your ass yeah, to my funeral. I mean, not invited to the funeral. So, there's not only that, but of course, Trump said the thing about uh, McCain. He, oh, he only likes... He only likes um, war heroes that aren't captured. Right. He, they never agreed on anything. John McCain was the deciding vote on the health care. The thumbs the down. The thumbs that he went in like goddamn Caligula, walked in, <laughs> put his thumb down, walked out. And he's he's been against Trump. But and he then, then he died. And between the Fox News thing, uh-huh. also at the same time, which we didn't re- necessarily realize or... They, the White House had only flown the flag. Oh, right. So they, everyone mass. flows the flag. Flies they the flow flag. the flag. <laughs> they fly the flag halfway up the flagpole. Right. Okay? And you're supposed to do it for like, a, I don't know, I think you're supposed to do it for literally like a week. Well, you would certainly do it from the time the person's dead to the time that they're, they're buried. buried. Okay? He does it, Trump, for <laughs> like half a day. Yeah. John McCain dies in the middle of the night on like, whether it's Friday or Saturday, it's the middle of the night because we're here and it's the daytime here. The White House does the flag for six hours and is done. Right. And every single news person is like, the fuck? They're horrified. Yep. That the flag is flying high and then right behind is the Washington Monument with all the flags halfway right. down the flagpole. Right. Well, not the White House. Trump was like eating a burger being like, get that shit fucking... And then what was Fox News doing? Fox News was covering... Their main story was a white trash house that was burning down... <laughs> And there were six kids, six crystal meth kids inside that the one fireman, uh, or it wasn't even fireman, it was a policeman, was like, are there people inside? And then he went in, ran in, got the people out, and that was their huge story. Literally. 
for the last two days, that's been the main story. And then they also covered the shooting. And the shooting. The but gamer. But the shooting, they're doing small packages on John McCain. There were small ones. But we've got MSNBC doing ad nauseum. I'm talking about 15 guests on Morning Joe. Oh, and 15. everyone talking about him. Oh, Joe Scarborough can't even. I mean, he's got his glasses off. And he's then, so into it. Then, because of this, and Julie's like dying that... She's like, look at this Fox News. They're not even covering it. They're not even covering it. They're barely covering it. Yeah. Then they then put the flag oh, back, back down yeah, to down. half yeah. the thing. Yep. Now, because every single person, and this is like according to like sources, like Sarah fucking B. Sanders, everyone is like, dude, bro, you're, this is embarrassing. Yeah. You look insane. Yeah. You can't do this. Everyone in Washington is doing the halfway flag. Yep. We're not doing it. Nope. So now- Three days later, he's like, wait, he's, his body's decomposing. Yeah, through a Maggots are already happening. Yeah. And let's do the flag thing. I mean, it's just. So then the flag went back down. and But no, the only thing the White House did for McCain was they sent Ivanka. Oh, good old Ivanka. To give the robot. a statement. Ivanka bot. Ivanka bot to give a statement about um, what a patriot McCain was. Trump basically did one tweet and said condolences to the family, which clearly someone else. Oh, he didn't concoct for sure because it. it was it was it was succinct, right? It was it was clearly tight. A pu- it was a publicist that it wrote was it for very sure. short. Yeah, so um, you know they have they have done literally nothing. Meanwhile, he had an evangelical dinner. Yeah, um, praising him, uh, Trump. I mean, while everyone's talking about McCain, Trump did an evangelical dinner. Which turned into like a campaign rally. Yeah, of course. So it's pretty grotesque. And regardless of whatever you feel about John McCain, I mean, the the guy was a goddamn senator. Yeah, I mean, well, we're for not thirty gonna, years. If what it isn't regardless of whatever you feel. Whatever you feel, you better get on fucking goddamn board because this isn't ambulance jumping. This is like you a might, major American. Yeah, you should have loved him after, after your. So there's that. Yes. everyone who was. Yeah fucking wrong should have been like yep. oh snap hold on a sec the guy was cool yeah the guy was cool the yeah. guy was a good good yeah. guy and he and we wish he didn't die while we're on this cruise because it's boring yeah. and we wish there was something more going on but there isn't i know so now it's time for eye of the shit storm you take some shit put it up on the wall check it out for a while you take that shit up off of the wall put it down on the floor in a glass bowl you take some buck put it up on the wall where the shit used to be all right so we're on a boat in the middle of the ocean just doing our best not to get drunk every second of the day and you know what that's the real shit storm that's the shit storm not getting drunk but in terms of politics the shitstorm of the week was the one-two punch of the Manafort verdict and Michael Cohen pleading guilty and immediately giving up Trump. Ugh. Okay. So, Paul Manafort was Trump's campaign chairman and through the Mueller investigation was charged with all these white-collar financial crimes, including money laundering and bank fraud. Okay? Yeah. Then, he was found guilty this week in Virginia of eight counts, and though technically that has nothing to do with Trump, Manafort actually has another trial coming up in a couple weeks in D.C., and that trial does have to do with Trump and Russia. Yes. God, there's so many. (laughs) Many fort. Many fort (laughs) trials. He still hasn't even been sentenced for the trial in Virginia, and now he's about to start all over again in D.C., and this time he's charged with 
witness tampering, and working as a foreign lobbyist. The thing with this trial is that since they will be all in his foreign Russian-Ukrainian business, Mueller is basically trying to find out if Manafort worked with Russia and helped them interfere in the 2016 election. This, this, listen closely, this is the collusion. And it seems pretty clear that he colluded. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was Trump's fucking campaign chair, and he has serious long-time ties to Russia. Okay. He had worked for and is super indebted to a Russian oligarch named Oleg Deripaska. Mm. He has an employee named Konstantin (laughs) Kilominik, which if that's not enough... That guy Constantine is... Constantine Exactly. We don't do nothing with the Russians. Con- is it Constantine Cerulos Cer- or... Marulos? I don't know. No, this you know is different. Guy from American Idol? Constantine Marulos. <laughs> exactly. He's my cousin. Whatever his name is. I'm now in the show Rock, Rock and Roll for Ages. You know that show? So this guy, Constantine, he was like basically a Russian like CIA guy. He's like a Russian intelligence agent. This guy who works for Manafort, okay? Then he works in Ukraine... All that stuff for that guy, it was for the country's pro-Russian political faction. It's like, he's in the Ukraine, but it's all about, like, the pro-Russia right, movement. Right, Russia, right, right. So, and let's not forget, he was also at the infamous Trump Tower meeting with Don Jr. and all the Russians. I mean, the, the fake adoption. <clears throat> right, that was only for adoption. So right. now, in the same week that Paul Manafort is found guilty and will be sentenced to as much as 80 years in prison, Michael Cohen, Trump's personal lawyer, who incidentally also has ties to Russia has pled guilty to violating campaign finance his laws. His wife is Ukrainian, P.S., and his brother's wife's Ukrainian, from Ukraine, born and raised. I mean... Both of them. <laughs> I mean... I mean... I mean... So, okay. Um, he pled guilty to violating campaign finance laws by paying Stormy Daniels and Trump's other Playboy mistress to stay quiet before the election. And, since there's an actual tape of the conversation, he admitted to prosecutors that Trump knew... He paid those women. He requested it. He approved it. And he paid for it. So, yeah, he fucking knew about it. So, you it. remember that tape, right? Where yes. He's, it's the tape where he recorded the conversation. Yeah, and he was like, how much do I, uh, yeah, what, what do, do I, I pay? pay? <laughs> right. So, I mean, and I thought that Trump, I don't know if it was Trump or Michael Cohen or Don Jr., but I thought somebody told the FBI that they didn't know about that payment. Now you're lying to the FBI and now you're... Right, so that's quite right. Yeah, so, okay. So now that Trump, here's the deal. Trump sees Michael Cohen giving up the candy to get a plea deal, okay? Michael Cohen has now told prosecutors that he's now given up Trump so he can get a lesser sentence. Right. So Trump sees him doing that And he's completely fucking stressed that Paul Manafort in the other trial, the one that's coming up in D.C., that he's going to put his Russia collusion business on Front Street now at the next trial. He's thinking to himself, (laughs) Michael Cohen did it. Paul Manafort's definitely going to do it. And obviously the Russia collusion's all, it's all Paul Manafort. Yep. So he's tweeting out an ass-kissing tweet, which are basically just one step away from promising Paul Manafort a pardon. Here's what Trump tweeted after the guilty verdict. Quote, I feel very badly for Paul Manafort and his wonderful family. <laughs> He's literally guilty of like a thousand eight things of fake charges. <laughs> eight counts. I'm sorry. Eight counts. Guilty. Found guilty of eight counts. Bank fraud of and money laundering. Yeah, right. Justice took a 12-year-old tax case. Oh, 
How dare we go back and take a, take a case? Among other things, applied tremendous pressure on him and, unlike Michael Cohen, he refused to break. Make up stories in order to get a deal. Such respect for a brave man. So he's actually tweeting out mm. a message which is like, I respect you for not going yes. for the deal. Yes. For taking... Right. But, but, Keeping your mouth shut. But Manafort still has not been sentenced. Like, he's been charged, but right. he doesn't know what his sentence is. It right. could be like 80 years or and whatever. And they could still give a deal for that. Yeah, and he's trying. So then, and here's the tea. Rudy Giuliani, Giuliani, yeah. which is so you... If you guys don't know, he's Trump's new personal lawyer. He Michael Cohen's done. It's it's Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> He told the Washington Post that this is like a whole move that they did. So he tells the Washington Post that Trump asked him about pardoning Manafort. I mean, this is a quote from Giuliani to the Post. Trump asked him about pardoning Manafort, and Giuliani told him they should wait until after the Mueller investigation is complete. So that's basically Trump sliding into Manafort's DMs and telling him, yo, girl, I'm going to slap a big pardon on that tight ass. That's what that is. That's... Sliding in the DMs and letting him know your pardon is coming for you. Right. So, okay. So then if they waited till after the Mueller investigation and he does pardon him, wouldn't that be... That's not obstruction of justice. That's justice has been served. Oh, okay. And he so then... So we can wait. He, he then can gets slide charged. into your... Yeah. I see. So he we can take charged. that tight ass and go ahead and pardon it but after. But if you tell him you're going to pardon him, you're now obstructing justice. You're preventing justice from being served. Right. But they're, they're, they're covering their tracks by saying, you can pardon him, but you got to wait till justice is and served. And they're also doing it by Giuliani doing it and not Trump. Right. You know, Trump's kind of doing it with the tweets. Right. You know, saying, what a great man. He didn't fall for the deal. And then he did an interview with whatever it was at NBC or whoever that interview was with where Trump, where he was like, it should be illegal for people to make plea deals, give up people for deals. He was like, that should be illegal. Yeah. Need, that's like the whole, that's like basically the whole entire like justice department. Yeah, right. That's how that works. I mean, I, 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 at this point, Stormy Daniels getting paid, who cares? Oh, that's I not mean, even, he's not even worried. He, no, he's, he already, and he admitted to it now. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. He said, Oh, Ob- campaign finance violations are nothing. Nobody gets impeached for that. It's nothing but a slap on the wrist and a fine. Obama had a huge one. Obama had the biggest one, supposedly, in the history of presidency. It was like $375,000. It's the biggest fine anyone's had. But campaign finance violations are... They're all doing it. It's Mercer's, it's Cokes, it's Super PACs. They all are doing it. Well, Michael Cohen has said that Trump knew about the... Trump Tower meeting with Don Jr. and the Russians. Right. There, he's busting him out as far as like a lot of things he said he didn't know about, and that is obstruction of justice. When you're, you can't lie to the FBI. You can't lie under oath. It's like Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton wasn't really technically impeached, but like, you can't lie under oath. So if he's, he hasn't technically been been under oath, and even if you go in front of like, you know, any of these like like congressional hearings those aren't really technically under oath but he's been lying about all of this he knew about the trump tower meeting he knew about the story of daniel's payment it's lie after lie after lie so right 
that stuff's coming out. Michael Cohen knows all the tea, and he's scared, and he's coming for Michael Cohen, and Michael Cohen's going to fucking turn state's evidence, and he doesn't give a fuck. He's going to sing like a canary because he doesn't want to fucking sit in jail while he gets killed by some Ukrainian fucking mob no. boss. Um, okay, so now it's time to take a little pre-taped visit to the ladies' room. This segment is called The Ladies' Room, and it's just ladies talking ladies stuff. And today we're joined by our funny friend and feminist role model, Erin Gibson. Erin is one half of the uber-popular, sickeningly funny podcast, Throwing Shade. She's a super talented actress, model, comedian, writer, (laughs) producer, and just overall creative teenage force to be reckoned Mm -hmm. with. That's right. (laughs) She's legit has a million credits, including having her own fagging TV show, which is something most of the population, including probably us, will never ever get to say. And now she's added another once-in-a-lifetime accomplishment to an already incredible career. She wrote a book. I cannot... I, like, literally can't fucking take that that you wrote a book. So the book is called Feminasty, The Complicated Women's Guide to Surviving the Patriarchy Without Drinking Herself to Death. Mm-hmm. It'll be available everywhere on September 4th, but you can go to Feminasty.com and pre-order that shit right motherfucking now. And you can do it on Amazon. You can pre-order, but I don't know if maybe where the money... Let's go to Feminasty.com for the, for, for the money's sake, okay? <laughs> right. And you should get it, and I'm not just saying Yes, that. no, and it was a good read and an important <laughs> read. So without further fucking ado, we're so happy to welcome a lady we can now officially call authress, Erin Gibson. Hi, Erin. First of all, model. Wait, did you know I was a model in eighth grade? I assume. Uh, do you know predatory uh, modeling agencies where they just go in and they say you're tall, you should do this? Oh, like this? Barbizon? Yeah, but it was a knockoff Barbizon. Ooh. And they told me to get a nose job when I was in junior high. <sighs> I'll, wow. I'll send you the pictures. I have them. Yeah. I yeah. mean, because you're, you're tall and pretty. Of course you're a model. And I mean, of course, when we're forced to do some kind of fucking model. And, and by the way, acting Texas, is modeling and modeling is acting. It's you know? all. I think of, um, and print ad is real people modeling. Right. Exactly. That's actual modeling. Is exactly. this water for drinking? Yeah. I'd Great. love for you to have some. Okay. So, so I, uh, we, but I love this book so hard. I really, really did. I'm not just saying that. This is like, and this is not the first interview we've done for, for Dumb Gay Politics or ever where... Like, we're interviewing somebody who wrote a book. Yeah. But so I was like, oh, my God, what is this going to be going into this? And I have a long and complicated history with the word feminist and the whole thing. So I didn't know how I was going to feel. And I just can I hear your can I hear it? It is. Well, it really sort of like I didn't know this about you. It um, it goes back to like mainly. um, Well, first, as you know, I'm from Texas, like whatever. But it really started when um, Hillary and Obama were in the primaries. Um. I voted for Obama in those primaries, and I was, like, getting a lot of feedback about that from, from men saying, like, who wanted Hillary, or I guess saying, like, how how could you—why wouldn't—and maybe even women, too, but how could you vote for the man over the woman? And so I started feeling like I would ask if we talked to different, like, feminist authors. We've talked to, like, a couple huge ones. Yeah, Julie Bindle and— um What's the other one's name? Megan? Uh, yeah, Megan. Markle? Murphy. Yeah. Megan Murphy. Yeah, yeah. Megan Markle. Megan Murphy. Um, <laughs> and I would always ask this qu- question, like, can you be considered a feminist if you voted for, for Obama over Hillary? And, like, they, they you know, like, they, they said, yes, yes you of can. Course, yes. But, yeah, you know, like, I just, I don't feel like I, I don't know. I just have a complicated history with it. So I thought, I feel like your book is really, really, really important for, for mainly, like, people like me. That's why I was going to ask you. This isn't my first question, but I was going to tell you, tell our 14 listeners like what what you'd say the gist is of the book. Well, it's basically – I've been kind of saying it's a love letter to 18-year-old me. 
<laughs> who is yes. like obsessed with dicks and cigarettes, to <laughs> just take a second and look at all the ways that you are marginalized in the world by forces you might not see and understand that you have the power to change those things. I love and that. And I'm using comedy to trick people into caring about that stuff. So I think – I do think the book is for people who are already very, like, militantly feminist. But what I hope is that people who aren't like that can see the ways they can be like that without – that aren't just the regular, like, abortion and pay yeah. gap. Well, you definitely yeah. wrote – and I think that – I think it can – I think it does appeal to the, those people who maybe don't think that they're feminists or whatever. Because all you're doing is putting – what you did in the book, which was so great, and using humor and all that stuff, is basically – Putting, laying out in a very basic terms, and not just being feminist, but just being empowered in your own self. That's all it is. That you know, I I read a lot of that stuff, and it was just like, uh, uh, there's no way any woman could read this book and not leave thinking like, God, I'm a feminist because you are you empower you want to be self empowered. Do you want to be happy? Do you want to feel good about yourself? Do you want to be controlled by other people? Do you want to be controlled by men? You don't. You don't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, I, I and other people's um. Other fe- feminists that we've talked to, and they're they're great, they're amazing, yes. but it can be intimidating. Well, it's an intellectual label, and yes. if you're if you're raised a ding dong like me <laughs> in the South, I mean, I'm not even. Yes. I, I I was raised not by my parents. My parents were uh, Dukakis supporters, <laughs> but they didn't sit down and because they couldn't they were very like we were lower middle class they didn't have the time to go and erase all the stuff that I was getting from my surroundings and so I was being raised by their absence almost and that and unfortunately that was in Texas so it was all that stuff and so it wasn't really an, I read Susan Faludi's Backlash in college and that was the first time I thought oh my god this so is I, all this I is have all quote. the shit that's happening to me in different ways that was like one of one of my parts of the book I really loved um, okay, so you read it, Grandma, because I hate so. I, okay, I got it. Phrase at the beginning. I didn't say that someone gave it to you. I just say so. Read. Uh, this is the quote. This is what you wrote. <laughs> I got a copy of Susan Faludi's Backlash when I read, uh, which I read in three days. The book unraveled the suppressive gender sweater I'd been sweating in my whole life. I stopped hating myself and other women and redirected my rage at the dumbass cis straight white men in authority who are ruining my life with their power, religion, wealth, and sex eyes. I started figuring out who I wanted to be and erasing the person <laughs> I thought people wanted me to be. I like love that. I mean, Julie could have read that better, but <laughs> I thought you I'm did very sorry. Thank you. I'm having, you I'm a, having a lot of job. problems right now. Um, it was. I love that part because I do. I know we're doing all the talking, but I just fucking love this book Please. so much. I want. I want people to get it. I want people to get this for their daughters. We we only have 14 listeners, but like weirdly, some of them are in high school. And like that's these, great. By yeah. the way, they're going to save the world. Number one, <laughs> and I hope that that. I mean, I I think. You know, like visibility for um, LGBTQ community, I feel like that um, young girls also need the visibility of a woman in a position to say, like, hey, the stuff that you might be feeling, that's actually valid. Yes. Yeah. And if you don't have an auntie in your life to be to be secretly going like right. everything you're doing is OK, you need somebody high profile style to to reinforce that. Yeah. So that's what I that's what I hope. I mean, I don't think that there's an age limit on this book. Yeah, I was wondering what age. I mean, toddlers, group. I guess. But like, <laughs> do you th- imagine there's some there's some frank sex talking? No, I was thinking how old, old would you imagine? Like, like, I would give this to a 12 year old, but I'm not a. Parent. But what I'm saying, would would you give <laughs> yeah. it to a 60 year old? Yeah, I would. I would give it to a 60 year old who was like 
Well, okay, let me back up. So the lawyer who did all of the, whatever you call it, let's not get sued, passed right. on this book. <laughs> She's in Liability. her late 60s, and she she really liked the book. And then we also had a long conversation about certain things in the book that I ended up changing because of the conversation with her, like especially the Me Too chapter. Yeah. And about how um, there's a, a chasm between um, whatever this is, third wave feminism and second wave feminists and how they see Me Too and how they see it as a little more policing than I think women of our generation would. We had a long talk about it. And she... She allowed me to kind of not even – it wasn't softening the language, but have more compassion for people who maybe felt the, a different way about it. And coming – hearing someone who is coming from a different – I don't even – I'm not even explaining it well, but essentially she just – from a, she was coming from a legal standpoint and from an older feminist standpoint. And it was – and she liked the book, but then she we just talked about some things that maybe I was being too harsh about. With a generation of women who right. were raised with different sets of standards. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. I got that a lot in the book. That was a long way to say that. I got that a lot in the book. Like the, I just kept bringing up the difference between like our generation, the one before us and the one after us and how it's, it's going to be completely different like approach to feminism for all of these. And th- that would be what was so challenging, I'm sure, about writing it as well. And I should think that all men should read this book. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, really, more than women, I think men. I mean, when I was reading it, I was like, this is the shit, like, this is the shit that men need to be taught in junior high school. This is the shit that boys need to be taught about, like, you Oh, know, especially the rape chapter, which is which is a letter to Betsy DeVos. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, and talking about consent. And these are not things, these are not concepts that people even know how to break down to other people Unless you're living, swimming in feminism like I am all the time. Right. And you should think that the the stuff, especially that you talk about in the book, it's like, even though it's called, yes, it's called feminism, but really it should just be called common (laughs) senseism. Thank you. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, these are not things that should be only, uh, you know, just, that's why I was like, God, this shit, just boys need to be reading this shit. This is, this is literally like a, this book is, could be also be called feminism for, for men. (laughs) <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it, like it really could Feminasty. be. Feminasty. Yeah. Fe- Feminism for fe- men. Fe- I mean, <laughs> like, this is, it's, women need to be empowered and blah, 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 and all that stuff and wearing the thing, blah, 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 but men and boys, boys particularly, need to be taught this shit in school, I believe. We're already doing so much of the work and for so, other people and on behalf of other people, <laughs> I totally agree with you. Like, if, if someone could read this book and just, if a guy could read this book and go, oh, I get why this is a weird thing. That I get why women have a problem with this now, right? And I, I've, and I think another thing that I that I tried to do in this book is almost every chapter there's something very personal about my life, and this is how I came to this conclusion, or this is why I feel this way. So it's I don't want it to come off as like I'm an expert and just believe me because I know these stats from Gutmacher, you know, like <laughs> right. that's not what it's about. It's about like this is this how how it affects me personally, and it'll affect you personally in different ways. Right, and that whole thing with being feminist and all that is is personal. This is there's not a stat. I don't even care. You, there's not a stat anyone could give. There's not a expert in the world that could tell me anything different than what you're saying here. Like me too, consent, rape, tampons, like it's, it's, it's a common sense situation that like we have men and women somehow somewhere along the way 
from inception of humanity. Yeah, just well, like <laughs> never could people let get the it rules. together. It's like the weird rules that everyone just has fucking made up. Right, that's getting in the way of common sense. And we were talking about this earlier on when you, when you guys were on our podcast, which I don't. I'm playing with time now because I don't know <laughs> if that's going to be before or after this. But you know, my parents have a very very strict sense of righteousness and what's right and wrong, and I think one of the reasons I see this stuff so easily is because of that, being mm. raised that way. I mean, we didn't always apply it to feminism and gender differences. It was more of like, this is a poor person and you don't talk to a poor person like this and you don't talk to a homeless person like this. It was more like yeah, general kindness and not specifically yeah. like, oh, but this is how you're going to be raised in this world and you have to look out for this stuff. Yeah. And I think my mom like imp- completely empowered me, but at the same time, she didn't um, – she didn't need to like sort of walk around for herself with like she didn't mind if she if she seemed like she wasn't empowered maybe or not or whatever. Yeah. But she empowered me and but I didn't ever and and, and then so therefore I didn't need to ever be like I just didn't need that label of feminism. So and then when I would come like across feminists, a lot of times I would feel like judged or um yeah, like I wasn't doing it right. But it's so fe- all feminism is is you you believe that it should be equal. That yeah, thing should be That's equal. what Megan Murphy said. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. that's all that's it, it is. So anything else that gets put on it, it's almost like the reinterpretation of like, you know, this person said this, then this person said this, and then they were on TV or on a magazine and they were, this is their thing. And it's like, no, it's a very simple definition. And just because you're a feminist, like you were saying earlier, like, I mean, I have a whole chapter about makeup. Yeah, I know. Not, that's not a very feminist thing to talk about, you right. know. Right. I, it's not. It's about the male gaze and how I present myself for that gaze and like other women and all this stuff. I don't give a fuck. I like makeup. Right. And here's the way I <laughs> want to bankrupt the men who are making money off of that. Yeah, I love that that chapter. I want to say, um, and your your message to Kylie Jenner, even bringing up Kylie Jenner, yep. was incredible. And like that, she's the only woman who's running a multi million dollar cosmetics con- yeah. Con- company. It was that Crazy. just the makeup. I wanted to ask you. Did you always know that was going to be in there? Did that come to you just randomly? Like, because it was a very unique, I, I thought, like for me, like that's why I feel like the book is for people like me. It's for girls that that are empowered and do want to be equal, but at the same time don't feel like they're invited to sit at the table or they're not smart enough or informed enough or diligent enough or I don't know. It just, I was like happy there was a makeup thing. I, I, well, but I don't understand why people, I mean, Gloria Steinem wears makeup. <laughs> when she goes on, you know, I mean, like, yeah. she's on TV, she's wearing makeup. Like, let's not, we can't, like, erase the way the world works 100%. So what I, it's like a life hack of, like, okay, I like makeup. I like dyeing my hair. I like cutting my hair. I like the clown aspect of it, you know, yeah. the, mm-hmm. the drag queen aspect of it. How can I do it in a way that um, doesn't undermine women at the same time? It's really that. And it's the same, like... I just was trying to think of other things that weren't talked about ad nauseum because mm. there's just certain feminist like they, tropes. They're like tropes, you know, like I have an abortion um, chapter, but it's about how my mom was a young mom and how much better her life would have been. And my grandma, both of them, if they hadn't been 19 years old and having kids, like they lost their lives. And yeah. I don't I don't think that that's a I think abortion has talked about like more of no it's our right to choose but I wanted to talk about this is how it ruins people's this is how it ruined my mom's life and I might she loves me and she's glad I was born yeah. but I know it ruined her life yeah like I know it did and I see that I see that in her every day and the opportunities she's lost so I don't know making it less 
intellectual yes. and more like folksy homespun. Yeah, mm-hmm. and approachable. Like a Cracker Barrel feminist book. That's yeah. what this is. <laughs> exactly. I hope it sells at Cracker well, for Barrel. for people who are so. just living, like we don't all want to go to a march. We don't all want to um, show our, we don't Spend all need to be Spend four years part. in a women's studies yes, class. Yes, we don't oh, need We can't to, do that. Right. We don't need to be part of a movement, quote unquote, to be moved. But that's the other thing. I think people feel like in order to be a feminist, you have to devote all this time to it and you have to spend all this energy and it's really can be super over overwhelming uh, overwhelming it's if you're just getting into it so this is these are a lot of these are ways of so how small do you, things you can do each day in, in your, your own life, life in your own yeah. life. How, what can you yeah. actually control do you think that um and you don't need to answer this if you don't want to because it's controversial i can't wait but <laughs> do you what how do you think um the term cis and the idea of being non-binary um, adds to either sexism and or feminism. Well, I'm going to say this. I had a real, I have a really, I had a hard time and it wasn't because people were asking me to use the words, but I had a, I, I had a, like a learning curve with using the terms in the first place. I do. We all do. Yeah. I think that's pretty I common. Mean, yes. It's like it's there. Suddenly it's th- there and it was never there. Right. And, and it's like, also, what? it's also a made up word. <laughs> Cisgendered. Yeah. Because it's just the reaction to trans. Yes. Yeah. It means nothing. Like in terms well, of science. I mean, I mean, I mean, ultimately, medically speaking, it doesn't. It's it's a it's a feel good. It's a it's a word that has been created to counteract, and you know what I mean. And I well, you, it's a supportive word. I do think, in some ways, it's important. I think it's important because you don't want the status quo to be the normal, and then everything else is defined as how it relates to the normal. Mm-hmm. So, like transgender and cis like it it almost makes it seem like oh well this is the weird categorization and then everything else is the normal categorization right so i like it for that mm-hmm. i what i don't love is when people who are on the right side of history and who are trying get attacked for mm-hmm. doing it wrong right and yeah. out of a way that's like well everyone's trying really hard right now and we got to support each other and if you don't get something right off the bat like Teach somebody so they can learn. I'm not saying that fucking you should sit down with Sean Spicer and have the discussion because it's not going to do anything. But (laughs) someone who means well who's trying to learn. There's a this is a drinking from a fire hydrant situation right now where everybody's being like, okay, there's this identity. Oh, uh, this is how I identify. Please respect that. And it's great. But we have to be really patient with each other because mm-hmm. everyone's try- just trying yeah. really hard. In general. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, speak- you mentioned Gloria Steinem. Do you feel the same way? Uh, do you feel I differently? Do. No, yeah. I do. I do. I do feel the same way. Okay. And sometimes I agree and sometimes I don't. Like sometimes I, and not just with that term, but there's other terminology that, been in regards to feminism specifically and in regards to like women's issues or whatever, there's just some things like that come up, like non-binary, gender, no gender, where I do get kind of like, where we get, I can't now talk about feminism or women's stuff because now all of a sudden I'm offending you because you have no gender. Well, it's so, it's, yeah, so it's that, like that bugs me. He, she stuff. It's like the, all, I, there's a lot of gendered pronouns in my, in my book. And it's, but I, no, I agree 100%. What <laughs> we I tried might to cut this out. So <laughs> don't feel, you know, well, weird. I, don't, I, I what, what I'm trying to say is like, I tried to set up like this is, these are the cat, this is the category, category of people that I'm, rallying against and so then I use shorthand that from yeah, the, yeah. Totally. I don't, I don't and want everyone to, else is a part of the it's like we're all a part of the thing 
I, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Her dad's a doctor. She also gets attacked on the reg. So she has like, you know, she's coming from a science based thing. And then also, you know. And it gets dicey. It gets dicey when you're talking about feminism and you're talking about women's stuff. You know, even that's feminism is everyone, but feminism, feminism is also about women. And then you get into a weird how you, murky situation about how you talk about women. I think it's super important to have intersectionality yeah. because feminism can be really white. <laughs> oh, right. yeah. And, right. And, of course. And cis. And so I don't, I think those words help those, those labels help people. I don't think those labels are for the people that they apply to. I think those labels are to help people who don't understand learn oh, that's and good. be aware. That's a good point. That's good. Okay. Okay. So you mentioned Gloria Steinem. Now she, which of course, now she, um, was famous for, I mean, a million things, but for me, for telling Andy Cohen constantly and always that the housewives were, oh, were yeah. ruining feminism. <laughs> she said that to his face? Yeah, she said it to him more than once. So I wanted to ask you, like, what do you feel about, like, the housewives, like, in terms of that? A Guy Branham actually said the best thing about, that encapsulates how I, I didn't know how I felt about it until he said it, but he was saying, if guys can have football, why can't I have real housewives? Mm-hmm. And I sort of feel the same way. I don't personally, I'm not a fan of, I don't, well, my problem is I don't like idealizing the rich. They already have money. I don't, they don't right. need anything else. They don't need celebrity and all this stuff. I, I, I agree. That's what's gross about it to me. Um, I don't love watching women fight. Um, I, th- I think it's entertaining. And I think that they know what they're doing on that show. Yeah. I would never judge somebody for watching those shows, but I can't get past my own hangups about what I'm watching. Well, I would happily say, and I mean, we used to do Bravo, like, you know, for, 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 for actual work. Um, and we don't now, um, but which is probably why we have no work, but, um, I would happily and easily say that like the bachelor is setting us back. So, like, would you? Would but see, you Brian, also, Brian has a theory that the Bachelorette is actually empowering because the woman has all the control. So, as I far think, as I don't show- know that Brian's theory is is I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that whole grouping of shows. I mean, I don't know that it's setting us back that badly, but I do think I do think those shows are toxic. But here's the thing: I have growing up in the South, I've seen so many hot people vie for each other's attention. I don't want to watch it on TV. No, that's all Texas. The Texas is the Bachelor and Bachelorette. <laughs> yeah, it's the hottest, dumbest people who are vague, who have vague jobs. <laughs> yeah, trying to finger each other in a spa. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I I just want. The pro- I just feel like, and I have a couple of friends who watch the Kardashians, and it's like, fine, if you want to spend your time doing, you need to check out on that. That's great, but like, I think everything is currency. So, when you spend your time putting your eyeballs on that stuff, and you spend a lot of time putting your eyeballs on that stuff, that stuff gets popular, and then the, the good stuff doesn't get watched, and it's money. It's money to yeah. Me. So it is all currency. But that, but th- that's being said. I my neighbor made me watch Southern Charm, and I fucking loved it because I hated it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I hated it. Yeah, I hated everyone on that show. I hated everything <laughs> they stood for. I hated all the wicker. Yep, and the, the exactly. horse outfits like. Yeah, because yeah. it's very the, that can be very southern too, with all the like chunky silver jewelry. So much Brighton. Yes, yeah. so much, so much, so much. Okay, so now, I don't know if that answered your question. Well, I mean, I think it it did. Okay, I mean, you know, it's like to each it's own, and nobody nobody wants to say yeah. 
And it's like there there are women, and he's putting tons of women on TV, and they're women of a certain age. And and he put Julia. I mean, not, not Andy Cohen personally, but Bravo put Julia on TV. So it's like it's empowering in a lot of ways. And yeah, and especially like women of a certain age, that makes it. That's they're why we the loved only. It. They're the only women over forty on TV, and they're on every show and a million shows. So that part, I just wish it wasn't. I wish it just wasn't wealthy people getting more. Yeah. It's the rich right. aspect that I don't love. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like, it, I wish he would do like a Wiccan show. I don't know what the yeah. opposite is. Oh my yeah. God. I would that love would be that. Great. I that wish would there would be, be a Wiccan that show. Yeah. Incredible. Taking if place Bravo in Salem. Did, if Bravo <laughs> did like not this martini level. Right. It's aspirational and it's like, you know, but yeah, if you, uh, well, they it's tried it with opera. Honey Boo Boo. But then that's the opposite. I guess that's just. But was that trash. Bravo or was that TLC? TLC. Yeah, that was TLC. But yeah, if they could do something showing a group of women not Wiccans, great. Someone's stealing that right oh, fucking God, now. I yeah, love or like that. I want to see what uh, what it's like behind the the um, behind closed doors at Bumble, which is an all female run dating site that's run in Austin by all women. Like uh, that yeah. would be interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. Instead, we got Kristen Cavallari and her fake <laughs> fucking show. What's that called? Um, very cavalier, yeah, or very cavalier or some shit. Okay, so in terms of like modern day feminism, meaning like the new whatever what are the, this wave is, what are the new young people? Is it just called just feminism? Same thing, or is I it- think we're in fourth wave. Okay, well, okay, first wave would be um, the suffragettes. Second wave would be the ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment era, which was the seventies. Then I consider the girl riot the third wave, which is nineties punk. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know, I'm not going to put Gwen Stefani. Yeah, but I thought you, you know, did in the like, book, and I was pussy glad. riot kind of thing. Pussy yeah. riot, yeah, pussy or like um, Kathleen Hanna. Um, um, what about the lady who shot yams out of her pussy, like that I kind of thing? I thought Gwen Stefani was. Sure. She empowered me <laughs> in she, the nineties. She did. I just don't. I don't love where she ended up. Yeah, yeah. I don't love <laughs> Gwen Stefani 2.0. Yeah, but you mean on the Voice and shit? Well, I just don't. I, I, I don't know how anyone can fuck somebody they don't agree with their politics. I, I don't understand how people who don't have the same politics can... Listen, she lost stuff. me there, too. Hardcore. I was like, that's a bummer. I'd rather be with, like, Gavin Rossdale, like, having sex with, like, you know, men Well, he's a straight-up homophobe. Yeah, he's... And your fans are gay. You have a lot of gay fans. Yeah, no, that... Young gay fans. Or- yeah, someone told me, and it did make me feel a tad bit better, because I was... I mean, I love Gwen Stefani. Like, that was, yeah. like, you know... So any what girl of of, of and of she our was age. like a small like okay I'm gonna say this but she was like flat chested athletic lady in the 90s wearing bikinis and being like fuck it deal with me and I was like yes yes this is what I want to see <laughs> yeah so when she got with him with um Blake Shelton I was like crushed and I mean crushed I felt like wow that was Betrayal. not the destiny that yeah, yeah exactly and someone told me that. You know, it's kind of, she'd been in this marriage for a long time, and I had been to so many, like, concerts in the 90s, and even with her with him, and they opened for Bush, and um, someone said it was like, when you, you know, get out of a marriage, and then you end up, like, sleeping with, like, the plumber. Like, it's like, she's going so far in the It was like a work, yeah, it was like, it's like a working class guy that she has nothing in common with, that she just was like, let me just try this, because, like, really, his existence had nothing to do with hers in every way. But they're still together. I know, and that's where the theory falls apart. Yeah. Um, Okay, so the fourth, I love, we learned that. I think it's it's fourth wave feminism right now. Fourth wave. So in terms of the fourth wave. It's usually, like, what big event Oh, right, because we got Me Too now, so now it's the fourth wave. Me Too times, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Women's March. Do you think that um, this will, um, what do you think will happen in terms of, like, this generation having kids? Do you think they'll? It's already not happening. 
It, Women are waiting a long time to have kids and they're not having kids, which I guess is good because we have a population issue right now. Yeah. Which we could have solved, by the way, if we had made abortion a lot <laughs> easier to get. People wouldn't be having and kids. And make contraception they- not a sin. Like, get your fucking shit together. It should all be part of – if you if you could get an abortion – if abortions were part of your gynecological – office's procedures mm-hmm. it would not be in the situation it would be just a medical thing and by the way in the 60s it wasn't it was illegal but it wasn't looked at by most people as this anti-christian thing that happened after roe versus wade mm-hmm. so i don't know it, it'll depend on it'll depend on what the backlash is the backlash seems to be the thing that right yeah. dictates well the you terms would think of, right yeah, you would think that they would make contraception the thing the key but they won't it's like you could avoid an abortion which is not good for your body if you just used contraception like that's it but they because it's, it's religious, not available pass out the fucking pill yeah it's yeah, six not available to like lower whatever. income you know or yeah it's not neighborhoods and it's just not it should be free they don't have access it should, it should be, be all free. be free it, it should, should be free, free everywhere and it should be taught early if we on. had socialized health care and i i wouldn't be surprised if this is one of the evangelicals arguments against not having socialized health care but they don't want people to just get free free condoms You're and right. free birth control yep. yeah um so i want to make look for the helpers a segment on on dumb gay politics. Oh my god! My Mister Rogers yeah. quote. So I'm gonna. I'll always. I'll always mention you and no, Mister Rogers. So tell. I like, stole it from Mister Rogers. Yeah. I. But I'm gonna mention both of you. But because I do, I really want to do it because it like really is the you know is pretty much, I guess what we want eventually. It's the hope. Yeah. It's like we have to have something like that. So explain what that is. So Mister Rogers. I think when he was talking to Congress when they were threatening to defund PBS in the 80s, Reagan, you know, (laughs) doing lots of great stuff. He was saying, as part of his thing about what he does on the show, he was saying when his mother, when he would see something bad happening on TV, his mother would always say, look for the helpers. So don't look at the um, destruction. Look at the people in the background who are like. Mm. you know taking medics and and people help first responders first responders yeah look at <laughs> look for the firemen yeah. <laughs> but it's all it's like look at the people who are doing good not the not the bad stuff that's happening and or look I for just, them and find them and in terms of like yeah. our show like look for them and find them and go and get involved or however yeah. put your well, eyeballs on that it's, it's currency especially with this um news climate and just how absolutely Full of despair yes. and hopelessness. Hopelessness. There's nowhere because to that's find. What, that's what people are like. I need more. I need to know how bad it is. If you can find the good, if you can watch something like that and then go, oh, but wait, if this thing is happening in, um, you know, in the southern states, let's look and see what the ACLU is doing to combat that. It's yeah. not always just these people are doing redistricting and gerrymandering for voting um, suppression. Yes, they're doing that, but there's also people who are like, "We're going to sue your ass, and we're probably going to win." Right? Yeah, yeah. So, look for the helpers. Look for the I helpers. Love it. I love it. I love it. I think it's like so profound and great. I oh, mean, I really do. Also, on that. On so a, this is a contract, right? We can use it. Yeah. Okay. Ex- yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I was going to say too. So there's this great company called Beauty Counter, and the woman who owns it, I mentioned her in the book. She started this company because. There was no transparency in the cosmetics industry. She wanted to make a female-owned 
uh, cosmetic company that was good and that also did good things. So it had all the all the ingredients are healthy. There's no carcinogens. And she also lobbies Congress to get better regulations on the big cosmetic companies because they're all part of this fucking regulatory committee that right. police themselves. Right. Ugh, so gross. And they can do any animal testing, any kind of grody chemicals in the shit. Can't dump put it anywhere. In your lipstick. Yeah. All kinds of shit. Yeah. yeah. I saw the beauty counter. So do they sell all all makeup? Yeah. And they're on Goop, so like <laughs> we know they're Let's legit. Be clear. We know they're legit. Gwyneth loves them. Now, is Mike Pence uh, like feminist enemy number one in the administration? I think so, especially if Trump gets impeached. And just in general, like, what is this administration doing for the for the fourth waivers? I mean, is this not not a goddamn thing? I mean, is it going to make? Do you think the back the backlash to this administration? Maybe that's the backlash that we're looking for because that will. Or is this administration the backlash to what happened under Obama? And well, then, definitely is yeah. that. Yeah. And now there's going to be the other backlash, backlash wave. It's going to be the second wave backlash. <laughs> the blue. <laughs> which is. The backlash the, on the backlash. Yeah, it's the back of backlash, which is the, I mean, it seems to me like with Me Too and all that stuff, there's the backlash to this administration. Like they, and Black Lives Matter and all that stuff, like, um, and hopefully, but the question is going to be like. I don't know. <sighs> women are winning primaries. Yeah, that's here, that's there, and everywhere. Be the thing. Yeah. Lupe Valdez, the fir- like a lesbian gubernatorial. Yeah, that was so great, so great, so great. Texas, Mexican American. Yeah, I, I. What can I do for you? I know, you know exactly. how can I make? How can floored. I watch you? Absolutely fucking floored. Yeah, bitch slap the entire state of Texas. Okay, so you have this section about. I really loved this one. I mean, there's there every single chapter is like. Um, worth the price of the book. So even if you if you get it and the you book I should say is a thousand dollars. Exactly, guys. But there's a payment plan. You can lay away. Don't it. worry. Um, it's just like Tybo. If which you don't is read, a reference no one will remember. Um, Tybo, fucking Billy Blanks. I will. Um, I had to go to his actual real place here in the valley, and I was like, "This for is what for Tybo with Billy Blanks." And it was like, a "Oh, huge, he had a he had a brick and mortar." Store? Yes, and it was enormous, like in the video. Like an or still, still open? I'm literally talking about like his son. I think I don't know if Billy Blanks died, but his son does it. Has a new. One. I think it's still around. Let me yeah, see. absolutely. I mean, no. it's so next level. So, um, but every chapter, if you don't read, like just get it and read one chapter, and mm-hmm. you'll and you'll be then you'll have. And I done also your, have an audiobook. If you can't, oh, if you ah, if you're just even like better. Want to go to yeah, sleep and to the, plus it's the dulcet like a, toins, t- toins. <laughs> of toins of the voice. Yeah, it's almost like a it's almost like a self help book in a way. It's like which is why yeah. you should read. You could go back and read a chapter in and of itself for its own self and be like, how do I feel about me too today? It's like and a then, Law and Order. Yeah, you, know, <laughs> you just yeah. Wa- read bong, one bong. chapter. Yeah, yeah, you could. You yeah, really could. and it is it, for now. It is evergreen, and I think the audiobook is genius because because you already do a podcast, so it's like it'd be like listening to your podcast. It's just like that, except seventeen hours. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh my god. Okay, so the sec there was a chapter about um calling women girls yes. instead of women. So and like it's so profound and so just so deep and so everything I need to like psychoanalyze, like it's language, it's everything I like love. How do you feel about now we do this, so I just want to say we're self aware hypocrites, like in a, a lot of things. Joy we're like me too. So how do you feel about women calling other women like bitches and sluts? And I mean, Love it. Okay, good. I love it. <laughs> okay. I think it's great. I love calling people cunt. Okay, good. Good and bad. I think it yeah. can change in the in the. Yeah. So you don't context. feel it's, it's bad to be like, bitch, please, or yo. No. Okay. I love bitch. it because I like talking in an aggressive way anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not going to cotillion. Or, right. You know, I just don't. It just. 
But I feel like it's powerful. But I, I know people who are like, you can't do the girl versus women thing. I don't like when people when it's so 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 prevalent in a way that is just used to show youth as a currency or yeah, the, the just the tropes of like. If your woman is called girl in a book, she's likely to die or just yeah. the shit like that where you're like, wait, this is a pattern that everyone's following. So there's some message going out to millions of people that this is an okay thing to do. Do you – I like point. girl with uh, friends. I'll call other friends girl. Yeah. Hey, girl, Or hey. the cop who – Or guys. Yeah. 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 That's the best. Like, girl, please. But, <laughs> but do you cut off like what? Like, do you have an age that you cut off as far as girl? Like, I mean, I refer – I will – I – it meant it mattered to me because I feel like I I do do that because I do I like it though when my mom says it's like the girls are coming over I'm like they're all seventy <laughs> you're gonna play bridge <laughs> That's but I like I, it I like that she calls them that I like ladies I like calling people lady hey lady yeah I say lady a lot too yeah I like the ladies are coming over mm-hmm. but see that almost sounds like the ladies are yeah. coming over I wish there was another word that wasn't. Because woman doesn't actually work in a lot of those. The, yeah. the women are coming over. That no. sounds awful. That sounds Yeah, terrible. the gals. The gals. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's gals. actually great. Gals. Yeah. I'm just a gal. I mean, that's the thing is like women, woman always felt, it's just not sexy. And even, even though that's just part of it, like this is going to be my small change that I, that the one small change that I make is going to be that because that, that chapter was like hit home where I was like, I do that. You know, I, I don't want to be. I mean, I love when, like, a younger guy will be like, ma'am, to me. Like, that gets me. I will get wet from that. I'm like, yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. But my yes. mother-in-law mm-hmm. gets called deary, <laughs> and she hates it because it's what you call – she's like, oh, now I'm a deary. Now I'm an old, fragile lady. So if you called her girl, she'd probably be like, yes. Yeah. Well, and of course, but that's – I also think that that's not empowering. So it, and it's, it's not it's, empowering. It's playing into, like – you know, yeah, youth is a currency, and that's going to be my small because I because I feed into that. You know what I mean? And it makes me fucking feel bad about myself as I age. If people used that. it as if people used boy in the same way, I probably wouldn't be as upset about it. But it just has it's so loaded. Yeah, boy, boy is like loaded in two ways. Right. Well, bad boys loaded with jizz. Loaded bad boys are loaded with jizz. <laughs> but like bad girl, it it does sound it just sounds creepy. Oh my god, I keep yeah, that thinking of that creepy. Dane Cook picture and his. Dane Cook's girlfriend's like 19 and they've been together for over a year. So that means they were 18 when they got together. And I just see that and I'm like, well, the power dynamic and everything that I don't like about using the word girl is like just personified in that picture. Yeah. And just the the death grasped onto youth and yeah, not wanting to seem old and right. all of it. And getting with someone young and meaningless or not meaningless, but just someone that you're – I mean you're – I don't know. Yes, it's. Well, I haven't seen this picture, but I do want to see. I'll it. send it. I'll show it to you. Or, or I actually, um, let me save you, and I'll just describe it because okay. I think once oh, you yeah. see it, you're gonna. It's like, okay. Is it's it like online? the curb stomping scene in um, American history. Oh god, <laughs> you never Which forget never, it. Never. You never forget. Um, but that—that's all to say that I—I I just want people to realize what that word means and the context that they're using. Yes. It. I'm not saying you can never use the word girl, but just know. Oh, in certain I con- see the picture. Oh, yeah. It's disgusting. <laughs> Do you want to describe it? So it's him and his girlfriend who looks like her, his daughter. Oh, my gosh. And I can't. It's, it's, it disturbs and me. And are they in a pool? They're always in a pool. I mean, and all, by a the way, pool of jizz. All of her Instagram photos of them, she, her body language is very much like, don't touch me. 
Oh my god. Ew, that really skeeved me out. And he looks like, yeah, it's like very daddy. He's like holding her in the water. Mm, mm, mm. Well, yeah. there's so much of that in this book, just little little everyday just little tweaks. Yeah, just tweak. Just tweak. And it's and it's it's for the like our collective mindset will change. And we won't fucking feel bad about getting older. And you know what I mean? Because we won't care about it won't matter. Yeah. When we won't need to drive around Corvettes like with a toupee on. You know? Exactly. We'll just be like, whatever. We're getting a minivan and we don't even have any kids and we don't care. And call me ma'am. I think the overall, another thing that I want to like hit home, and I don't know if I did this in the book or not, but like, it doesn't (laughs) matter if people want to fuck you, you should do what you want. That is a part of what like I think society does to women, especially straight women. It's like, well, if you do, if you're too loud or you curse too much or you you wear too many pants that's you know <laughs> don't I mean? wear too many pants yeah, exactly Ugh. it's kind of like what I always say which is like it doesn't really matter how old you are just as long as you're fucking hot like not hot in the way or just cool yeah. like be cool it doesn't because you know what something can be 21 and completely fucking uncool and you and I can see like a six year old and be like or even like Anthony Bourdain or whatever ladies I see like wardrobe I'm just like damn that bitch is killing the game and, and you always when the person's cool they don't seem concerned with who wants to fuck they them. don't give a fuck yeah just truly don't give a fuck and you do you and if it feels bad and wrong then it is <laughs> that's for sure that's right that is for sure so we love you I hope thank you so much for having me I hope we really ladies. expressed how much we like really like the book and it, absolutely and I really I, <laughs> you made me embarrassed I want our 14 <laughs> listeners to get it and I think they will and especially we have like moms and, and daughters and there's even stuff we couldn't even get to so much I mean so this many. whole thing we couldn't even get yeah. to it <laughs> we couldn't get to it Ugh. Um, so tell our 14 listeners wh- when and where they can get the book and find you. September 4th, it comes out. You can pre-order now. It's on Feminasty.com, any place you want to order it from. Mm-hmm. If you want to do your big boxies, if you want to do your small boxies, they're all there. <laughs> and then I'm going on a book tour starting September 4th, and that's all on the website. And yeah, the events are going to be, they're like shows. I'm doing like an hour-long show at the bookstore. So. Oh, cool. And it's called it's Feminasty. Not- that, that's just the wor- first word you have to remember. Feminasty. That's all you got to remember. And you yeah. should go to her book signings and her shows because they're great. And it's... They'll be fun. We're putting a curse on um, on uh, anti-abortion legislators. Perfect. So, well, you're already starting the Wiccan thing. Yeah. Call me Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And now it's time for So There's That. This is the part of the show where Julie has to find something good that's happening because of or in spite of the current state of affairs in the world. She hates doing it, and it's doubly doubly hard right now when we are negative, mostly sober assholes. We haven't even had enough wireless capability to check and see if our So There's That intern, Jesse, has sent her any ideas. So she had to pull this one out of her ass all on her own. Let's see if she did it. All right, Meow Meow, what is your So There's That moment for this week? I hear you type, type, typing away. Yeah. Okay. Now, I'm not a person who's burdened by student loans. Um, It's embarrassing to say because that means my parents paid for me to go to college. It means you're rich. (laughs) Well, but I, of course, uh, by knowing you and hearing of your student loan crusade, have come to understand the crushing death that owing money for student loans can bring you. 
I do, however, have death-crushing credit card debt because, well, career. With that said, I have come to feel a kinship with those strangled by student debt, I guess because of the life I have buried myself under. So, as we know, under the Obama administration, he wanted to make it easier for student loan forgiveness. Love you, Obama. And didn't you feel that, or did you have that... Okay. I just felt a general support and an awareness and a thing I've never felt before or since. Right. He was very big on um, not just student loan forgiveness, but lowering... And predatory lenders, which yeah. is what got you into credit card debt. Yes. And, well, <laughs> yeah. It is, though. It, well, they it offer, is. Now it got me into credit card debt. Is, right. Well, now what got me into debt is just life. But, yes, that's right. You think you can pay a dollar and whatever the fuck. So, that, that's fine. He, his whole for eight years has been talking about students, student loans, loan forgiveness. Him and Michelle still had student loans when he's a president right. of the United States. So, as we know, and so for those of you who are students, you know that Obama was great for you. Now, Trump and this administration pretty much wants you, you, students, and loans to fuck you right up the asshole. Yeah. Like hard. They want you to buy stakes and go to Trump University and, and they don't ties. ever want you to stop paying your <laughs> no, student loan. No, or your now, mortgage or your credit cards. Now, I've said before, I'm not super into quitters, but in this administration, I am never more excited when someone tenders a resignation with Is their it feelings. Tenders or tinders? Mm. <laughs> I don't know if it's tenders. I hope it's Tinder. I hope it's Tinder. And you know what? They should have an app called Tinder Nation where you can tinder your resignation. You should be able to tinder your resignation. Just like fucking. Kira Hinkley. Oh, you need to be exactly Kira Hinkley. You need to be able to tinder your resignation to your job with all your feelings. And believe me, I, you need to take your feelings and tell your fucking boss your thing and tinder. Take a match. Take, take a lighter. And put it on tinder, fire. Take the tinder into the take the tinder. Boat. Take the tinder into your job and take the tinder back after you quit. So. There are people from this administration who are tindering their resignations <laughs> and bitch. burning bridges left and right. And I am so into it. The latest one is a scathing resignation letter from a guy named Seth Frotman, who until now was the student loan ombudsman at the Consumer ombudsman? Financial ombudsman. Protection Bureau. No, I do ombudsman. know that. <laughs> Ombudsman at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Now, he said, quote, that the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has turned its back on young people and their financial futures. The letter that he wrote was addressed to Mick Mulvaney, the Bureau's acting director. Now, we did a thing on Mick Mulvaney. So he's the, he's the guy who's in charge of all I your hate student that loans. that guy. That guy is taking all your student loans and eating fucking steaks <laughs> with them. So this guy wrote, Dear Acting Director Mulvaney, it has been the honor of a lifetime to spend the past seven years working to protect American consumers. First under Holly Petraeus, as the Bureau defended America's military families from predatory lenders, for-profit colleges, and other unscrupulous businesses, and most recently leading the Bureau's work on behalf of the 44 million Americans struggling with student loan debt. However, after 10 months under your leadership, it has become clear that consumers no longer have a strong independent consumer bureau on their side. The challenges of student debt affect borrowers young and old, urban and rural, and professional ranging from infantrymen to clergymen. Tackling these challenges should know no ideology or political persuasion. I had hoped to continue this critical work in partnership with you and your staff by using our authority under law to stand up for student loan borrowers trapped in a broken system. Unfortunately, turns out, sweetie, under your leadership, (laughs) 
the Bureau has abandoned the very consumers it is tasked by Congress with protecting. Instead, you have used the Bureau to serve the wishes of the most powerful financial companies in America. Basically, what you did was undercut everything Obama did. You'd re- you repealed every yeah. regulation he made. Exactly. You made it harder for people to pay back their loans. You made it harder for people to either take out loans. Easier for people to be ripped off and yes. fucking lied to. So I just wanted to say that to you, Seth Frotman, I think it's brave, and I think that it's cool, and I think that it's patriotic. It's not easy to quit a job. And it's not easy to quit what I'm sure is a very well-paying job, and clearly a job that you loved, and a job that you really thought was helping people. And you then had to take all your integrity and you had to take it and put it in a ball and throw it right into Mick Mulvaney's beady little rat eyes. Right. And say, go the office fuck of yourself. budget and whatever at the White House. That's right. And let them know that they're not helping anyone but themselves. So there's that. politics uh we didn't bug on too much about the patreon in this episode yet but now right now is actually the time we got a lot of new people in august um but i wanted to say that the patreon podcasts have been a little random since we've been going through major fucking personal growing pains so all the people who just joined in august are probably gonna quit immediately (laughs) well Anyone who's holding out, go to www.patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and you can listen to a couple episodes for free. Don't judge us based on these recent ones. Um, And people should feel good knowing that no matter what happens in our lives, we are here to deliver an hour podcast every week and their dollar will not be squandered. That's true. And we have delivered it. We haven't stopped no matter what. No, we haven't. We have not stopped. We have not. We could be giving birth. I mean, we... We could be having surgery. I feel like we have been. I feel like I've been giving birth. Honestly, I feel like I've been giving birth every single day and I've never been giving birth. Well, I definitely feel like, like in acting class, we had to kill ourselves and then rebirth ourselves. And I Every day. I certainly feel like that's been definitely going on. Um, also, next Monday is Labor Day. And again, we won't be drunk in the sun in Malibu at a cool barbecue wearing cool hats. No, we'll be in a drug den recording <laughs> this podcast and the Patreon podcast again. So you guys will have it to help nurse your own Labor Day barbecue hangover at your own work next Tuesday. I will say this, though. I am going to buy Hebrew National hot dogs and boil them up. For us in the drug den? Yeah. Good. If, you know. Boil them, get buns, too, and I want regular thin buns. Hey. I don't want. Boil. I don't want. Hey. To... Boil them buns, okay? <laughs> I want. Ex- All right. I don't want extravagant buns. I want cheap buns, okay? Well, if you want cheap buns, I'm the number to call. <laughs> yeah. So, so, there you go. Get your Hebrew Nationals boil. Don't barbecue. Well, I don't have a barbecue. <laughs> So I have to boil it. I don't need... I can, we can pretend we barbecued them. All right. Well, I'm going to pretend to barbecue in my tiny... We're going to be drug denning it up, boiled hot dogging it up. Like <laughs> I like a boiled hot dog. I'm not even mad at it. I'm uh-huh. sorry. I do. I like it. And I'm going to take those Hebrew Nationals and we're going to say, Happy Labor Day. We're Happy here Labor Day. We're Labor there. Day. We're in that room. Uh, we have a bunch of shit going on, but we're still trying to plan a live podcast somewhere on the East. Maybe Tennessee. Maybe New York. Maybe D.C. Uh, Chicago, possibly. We have not forgotten about it. We definitely want to do it. Uh, Or New Hampshire. Um, Mm -hmm. I just started talking to someone about Northampton, possibly. 
So New England is a possibility. Um, so uh, if anyone's listening and has any ideas or whatever, send us a note. Because uh, we'll follow up. We yeah, will. we haven't forgotten about it. We're definitely going to do no, it. No, we're working on it. Yeah. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly, it's been gay and it's been dumb. And Maltese. Maltese. Oh, Maltese. <laughs> Mediterranean? Yeah. yeah. Mediterranean. How'd you do, I? See you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dime because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme and maybe play you a sign You look like you're both pretty groovy Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal We could take in an old Steve Reeves movie I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, It'll all seem all right I'll get you a satanic mechanic I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Night Or maybe a bite Night I could show you my favorite obsession I've been making a man With blonde hair and a tan And he's good for relieving my tension I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania Hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite From trans Sexual Transylvania <laughs> So, come up to the lab And see what's on the slab I see you shiver with anticipation But maybe the rain is really to blame so I'll remove the cause <laughs> But not the symptom <laughs> <laughs>